Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. Let's talk about money. As we kick into the new year at Oh My Dollar, We'll have different topics to walk you through improving your relationship with money next year. I'm a huge fan of New Year's goals. Uh, Will has some different feelings on it, and we'll talk more about that in future episodes. But one way to improve your relationship with money and to have more money is to get paid more money. Looks very simple at the surface, but how do you do that? Well, one way is to actually ask for more money. So to talk more about salary negotiation this week, we have on Alicia McElhaney of the She Spends newsletter. So She Spends is a weekly newsletter and a website created to give readers actionable tools to help close the wage, investing, and board seat gaps. And Alicia started the She Spends newsletter after starting a career in business journalism and just feeling like frustrated about not having women's voices in the world of talking about money and also just how many people were uncomfortable about talking with money. I'm a subscriber. I love reading it every week. Um, and I'm really t- excited to talk about salary negotiation with you, Alicia. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this. So do you have any great stories about salary negotiation? Let's just jump in. Sure. Um, From a personal standpoint, I negotiated um, twice in my life. Um, I'm pretty early on in my career. Um, I did once um, just at the job I was working at. And then whenever I was making a career transition, I was able to negotiate uh, between two potential employers, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. Pitting them against each other yeah, is yeah, excellent. It's definitely a difficult experience, but it taught me so much about just like, you know, standing your ground, asking for more when you can. And I got a much larger bonus out of it than I expected, which was great. Um, having worked with She Spends too, we've been able to encourage a lot of women to ask for raises when they might have not done so. Um, most recently, there was a woman who subscribes to the newsletter. I know in real life, she and I had a conversation uh, about some of the freelance work she was taking on. And she kind of was like, oh, I never expected to ask for more money through this, but I think I'm going to try. She did it and uh, was able to get a raise, which was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but um, when I was working at a nonprofit, one of the one of the things that it really took for me in order to ask for a raise was I actually had to like run away to a foreign country and sit on a train and read a book about negotiating. And then I came back to the office and I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And I got a $10,000 raise in a nonprofit job, which is, That's awesome. you know, there's a lot of myths out there about 
how much is reasonable to expect in nonprofit jobs. And sure, the wages are lower often than they are on the whole in the private sector. But I think a lot of people get really stuck up in the idea that they should never ask for more money because they work for a nonprofit or they work for a small business. Um, and in fact, you know, you're doing a favor to your employer by making sure that you're getting paid your market salary, because if they're vastly underpaying you and you leave for a better paid position, they're not going to be able to fill you and fill your position and replace you unless they're paying a market wage. Um, you know, and it's easy to say that right now because the economy is doing mm-hmm. well. I think the me of five years ago is screaming in the distance going, I'll just take any job. <laughs> um but, you know, so I think I think it's really important for people to recognize that asking for the like, negotiation can seem really scary. But as you said, you've you've done it twice. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. it you don't it's not it's scary, but it's like 15 minutes out of every year or two years. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> like and this, it can vastly improve your year if it goes well. Yeah. And that's why I think New Year's is an excellent time to talk about it, because um, I think that this can be one of those goals that is really scary to set, because I think um, especially people that are socialized as female are kind of taught that they're being greedy if they ask for more money. And we're happy to make lots of New Year's resolutions about spending less money or saving more money. But if all you had to do was ask for an extra dollar an hour raise and then suddenly you have an extra two thousand dollars in your pocket that year. Um, you know, that's a that's a huge difference. <laughs> exactly. It, it's more exactly. of a difference than, you know, cutting out like one pack of candy every day or something is going to make to you. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. Um, so do you have any tips on when the best time to bring up comp- job compensation when you're in a job interview process is? I usually recommend um, waiting on the potential employer. Um, They will usually ask you pretty early on how much you expect to make. Um, Most states, not all, have a law that prevents potential employers from asking like your salary history. Um, So you always say no, then you ask sort of what sort of the range was that they were looking for. Um, They'll usually come back to you with that. Um, If it's lower than you expect, obviously say, hey, that's a little lower. Um, I was hoping for something more around this number. And then from there, uh, you can take the negotiation. Yeah. Um, and just so listeners know, there's there are some states where asking your salary history is illegal, but it's actually not. It's not most states, unfortunately. Um, but California mm-hmm. is one of those states. And that is obviously it's the largest economy in the country. And so if you are a Californian, um, they cannot ask about salary history. One of the most frustrating things to me is a lot of the kind of standard negotiation advice is don't tell them what you make until later in the process. But quite often, mm-hmm. if you're doing an online, an, filling out an online application, sometimes there is a box that you literally cannot proceed until you type in your wage. Um, yeah. And one thing I like to encourage is, one, you can see if you can fiddle with that box and put an obviously um, fault, like, you know, obviously like zero 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 um thing Mm -hmm. in that box the other is feel free to just fill it out and then be ready to make a case about why you should make more in the salary negotiation process so you know actually Mm -hmm. sitting down and making a case and being like yes i was making thirty five thousand at my last job but because i'm switching into the private sector i would expect higher compensation or uh commiserate with the list of responsibilities it appears to me that the market salary for this would be fifty thousand a year um 
Or, you know, I was making this much, but I got eight weeks of PTO. And therefore, if I was going to move into a new role and get less PTO, I would expect higher compensation or something like that. Um, Exactly. Yeah, definitely realize that there is a lot of things that you can kind of negotiate with. So Mm -hmm. the best time to make more money is obviously when you're getting a new job um, because kind of the sky's the limit. But how do you set up a meeting to discuss compensation or negotiation when you're already in a job? Is there like a good time of year? Um, Is there a good environment to do it in? A time of day? Should you do it after lunch or before lunch? Do you want them hungry or do you want them full? (laughs) (laughs) So um, different companies have different procedures. Some have a review at the beginning of the year. Some have reviews at the end. I recommend um, if your employer has an HR department, just going and asking them what the process of, um, you know, question, like who to go to with questions about salary, when you could go to them, whether or not there's a formal review process. And they'll sort of be able to give you um, just some of that basic information so you're not like lost when you're doing it. Um, From there, you know, if there is a formal review process, just prep for that. If not, um, which a lot of employers, especially small businesses, really don't have something like that, um, I recommend uh, going to your direct boss with an email set asking to set up a meeting. Um, that way it's sort of on their calendar. It's not a surprise to them in the middle of the day. Um, and they'll probably give you the best time of day from there. Um, I recommend meeting in a neutral spot. Um, a lot of places in New York, for example, are open air places. You might want to go into a conference room or yes. something like that. Uh, um, and I've, then working places with thin the, walls yeah. is so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> or non-existent ones. Yes, I recommend off-site if you literally don't have it. So I had a conference room at my old office that just mm-hmm. every, you could hear everything that went on, and otherwise we were in open workspace. Um, I don't love doing negotiating at a coffee shop, but I think it's more important to do it where you're not going to run into your coworkers and they're not going to hear everything you're saying than it is. Exactly. Yeah. Then, then, you know, I, I don't love doing salary negotiation at a coffee shop, but at least as a neutral third spot and you are also Mm -hmm. not going to have your coworkers like leaning in listening. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you don't have a formal review process, is there? do you think that there is a good time of year? I'd like to do it shortly after I've accomplished something big. Yeah, no, I think that's an awesome way to do things because you've really shown your value at a company. Um, I think the beginning of the year is also an awesome time. You know, your employer might be looking at the year ahead, seeing what they have in their budget, um, and, you know, seeing whether they can make some big financial changes. If you, uh, if you are in an organization, um, especially a small organization where there isn't a standard review process, one thing to be aware of is what your fiscal year is. When do budgets get set? What is your fiscal year? Mm-hmm. Does it run April? Does it run starting in April? Does it run starting January to December? Um, a lot of people are, if they don't work in the accounting side of their business, have no idea what the fiscal year is. Know that. That is important because one of just like one of the best opportunities for raising your salary is switching to a new job. One of the best times of year is when they are looking, when your boss is already looking at, already throwing out numbers for the budget. Um, if you have yeah. budgetary power, like if you are in charge of managing a budget, then you're definitely going to know this. And if you've got folks under you, you should also be aware of it, right? That's a really excellent mm-hmm. time to give someone um, raises because you can just kind of build it into the new order in the budget. 
if you're in grants yeah. or otherwise like you're a government contractor um, and you are going to have large contracts that hit at either a certain time of year or every two or three years, one thing I like to be aware of is be aware of when those grants or those proposals are going in. Because if you are going to have a large part of fulfilling a contract or a grant, then that your salary is probably written into the budget. Um, mm -hmm. So having a compensa compensation discussion when that budget is being put together makes things a lot easier because that money is already accounted for. So um, yeah. I'm a big fan of being aware of where the money to pay you comes from. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's smart. Um, so what can you do to prepare? So we've talked, you know, like, okay, we figured out when we're going to ask our boss, uh, either mm -hmm. in our formal review process or we've set th something up, we've sent them an email. What do you want to bring into the meeting? So I'm all about doing a ton of research beforehand. Um, there are a couple of websites you can do this on, checking out something like Glassdoor or Fairy Godbus. God boss, excuse me. Um, those are great places to sort of find what your market rate might be and what other people at your company are getting paid. Um, if you're comfortable, maybe ask somebody at the company how much they're getting paid. Um, maybe not in the company exactly, but you can also ask friends working in your industry how much they make. Um, I had a friend who was doing the exact same job as I was, but working for a competitor. And I found out she was making like 30000 more a year than I was Oof. with the same amount of experience. I was like floored by that. But it helped me realize I'm worth a lot more. And I can go with that knowledge um, to ask for at least a little more money without feeling really nervous about it. Yes, totally. You can also, um, you can also pull in uh, potential jobs that are out there say, um, hey, this position is an opening. I have not applied to it, but they're saying the salary there might be around this number. Um, I think that's an appropriate market rate as well. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of be aware not just of what your job title is too, but be aware of what your actual job duties are. So, you know, it Definitely. might be that if you go look up everybody that is a customer service representative, you're like, oh, everybody gets paid 13 an hour. But then when you actually look at your list of job duties, you realize that, like, you're a shift lead or you're actually managing data analytics by pro providing reports on everybody that you supervise or you have supervisory responsibilities. And in fact, that would come with extra bonuses. Um, so exactly. being aware that, like, job titles are often um, not representative of the actual um, things. One excellent thing, exercise, if you have trouble, I know a lot of people, especially people that have been socialized female, have a lot of trouble valuing their own skills. And they're like, oh, I'm totally replaceable. Think about it. I, I like to approach it from the perspective of empathy towards whoever has to replace you. This only works if you mm. like your if you like your boss <laughs> or your company or your mission or whatever it is. Um, but have this moment of go like, okay, you have to leave your job for whatever reason. Just imagine it that you have to leave. This isn't, an, you know, you're not, they're not going to be able to keep you. And you want them to be able to replace everything that you do. And you want them to be able to get the best version of every part of your job. And then actually write out what all of those things are. And you might somehow start to realize like, oh, you've actually been doing two people's jobs. Or, you know, my, in my case, my manager left 40 days into me working in the job and I was doing both my manager and my jobs. 
Um, yeah. And so like actually sitting down and, and, and writing it, framing it from the perspective um, of what am I actually doing? What would it take to replace me? I think is a really valuable way to look at what your skill sets are. If you're in a small industry and things like Glassdoor and stuff like that just don't work for you, um, uh, this is especially true if you're something in like nonprofits or social services where there doesn't tend to be a standardized um, list, there are often specialized lists. Um, So like, for example, I worked in fundraising in Portland nonprofits. Um, That is not an easy thing to come by because anything on Glassdoor Mm -hmm. is going to be for like mega huge like hospitals and stuff like that, which are obviously not Mm -hmm. comparable to a 30 person nonprofit. Um, But there are salary surveys put out by professional organizations quite often. And they might actually have a relatively small number of people, but they tend to have way more specifics, including like, is health insurance paid for or not paid for by the company? Do they provide, uh, how many weeks of PTO do they provide? What kind of job duties does this person have? So in my case, I went to the Willamette Valley Development Officers, and they actually Mm -hmm. had a salary survey. That was a benefit of being a member. So if you're a member of a professional organization, you may actually be able to find a very specific salary survey that's incredibly helpful and can also help if you're in a low cost of living area and, you know, you're looking things up on Glassdoor and seeing that people get paid 80K. Sure, feel free to ask for 80K. But if you know Mm -hmm. that there's no way you're going to make more than, you know, like 45K because you live in a place where it costs $200 to rent an apartment, uh, then uh, then it's it's worth it to look for stuff that's maybe more local. Don't undersell yourself. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, be aware of the local environment. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah. So we talked about how to research salaries. Um, so once you've got all those salaries, do you want to bring the printouts into the meeting? What do you do? <laughs> I honestly believe in bringing some notes with you. You can write those numbers down so you remember them, um, but you can also sort of practice beforehand how you're going to ask, um, maybe on a partner or a friend. Um, And then you can also run through a couple of different scenarios. If they say it's not really in our budget to pay you that much, that's when you come with a couple of other asks, like a title change or for more paid time off or for them to cover conference fees or something like that. Yep. Um, and just practicing that by running it through, um, you can sort of get those numbers in your head without making it sound unnatural. Yes, totally. Man, practice is such an underestimated. So here's the thing. This whole negotiation process is very likely to take five to 10 minutes. People overestimate mm-hmm. how long they think they're going to be locked in a room with like lawyers flanking their side, like an NFL negotiation or something. Um, <laughs> and and it's not going to take that long. So the advantage of that is if it's se- it's going to take seven minutes to walk through this, roping in your partner or your friend into practicing it with you, you can practice eight times in less than an hour, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you exactly. can buy someone, you can get some nice Trader Joe's wine or something <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and have a good practice session. And, you know, usually most friends f- find this kind of fun um, or mm-hmm. at the very least recognize that they're really helping you out. And um, so walking through it, when in doubt, if you really can't find someone to practice it with you, mirrors are great. Um, also, exactly. filming yourself on the cell phone and then watching back at it is really excellent. Um, I am so a fan of you cannot come with too much documentation. Um, I'm a big fan of printing out your actual job description and then putting mm-hmm. it side by side with um, 
either your actual responsibilities, if you're doing more than your responsibilities, uh, a list of accomplishments, or um, in the case that you talked about, like looking at a job posting where they're paying a lot more, but that list of responsibilities is identical to what you do. Exactly. Um, Know your biggest accomplishment walking into this meeting. So you want to be able to confidently keep stating I raised more uh, at our end of year fundraising campaign than has ever been raised in the 20 year history of the organization. I just landed a, you know, I just landed a half a million dollar account with the help of some other people. Um, I'm usually a huge fan of crediting other people for their work. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do this in this private meeting with your boss. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Feel and free to take more credit than you would ne- necessarily take <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Exactly. And you brought up a good point, too. I think it's really helpful to come with a couple of numbers of things you've done over the year. Um, Bosses love to see, like, oh, I increased site views by X percentage, or I brought in three new clients this year. Just having some hard numbers makes your case for asking for a raise really Strong. Yes, exactly. Um, and if you're someone who works in something that doesn't really lend itself to numbers, I'm going to um, uh, include a link to um, Bullish, which is a really excellent oh. series of uh, series of, of different kind of career advice. But they talk about how to do numbers um, when your job doesn't involve numbers, um, ways to mm-hmm. like dig up numbers, <laughs> right? Because um, mm-hmm. there's something you can probably find a way to quantify it. Um, and I know a lot of folks that if you don't work in the if you if you work in a mission based space and you don't necessarily just make money for your organization um, because you work in if you're a social worker, for example, um, uh, you know, there are ways to measure the work that you do based around whatever the currency of your mission is. It doesn't it isn't necessarily raising money. Um, but mm-hmm. there is something that you do that they hired you for a reason. Right. They want someone there to do that job. Figure out what that what that currency is um and Mm -hmm. so if you're a social worker it might be i had i had 12 clients this year that got into transitional housing and have stayed stable i have this number of people that have been attending uh weekly aa meetings i have these kind of clients that you know i've reduced recidivism among my caseload things like that are really um excellent goals And also being aware that, you know, hopefully your boss is aware if your job is something that isn't just I raise, I made this number of widgets or I (laughs) sold this number of widgets. Your your boss is aware of that um, and -hmm. realizes that, you know, your accomplishments are you can still negotiate for more money just because you're doing good Mm -hmm. work, even if you're not making more money for the organization. So be aware of that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, I've seen a lot of nonprofits where people don't ask for raises, don't ask for raises. And then they finally leave because they're fed up because they're so underpaid. And then the organization realizes that they need to list the job at twenty or thirty thousand dollars more than they were making just to get qualified candidates in. Don't be that person. Wow. You know, yeah. <laughs> like like ask for it. Um, that happens all mm-hmm. the time in nonprofits because people feel like they're um, a better person if they're working in a mission-based organization if they get paid less and um i don't believe that you need to live in poverty to serve those in poverty because living in poverty exactly (laughs) so no you'll be able to show up as a better employee if you get paid a little bit more yes i agree 
Um, and I don't think anybody who listens to the Oh My Dollar podcast is making gobs and gobs of riches. <laughs> so you're probably not too greedy yet uh, if you're listening to mm-hmm. the show. <laughs> um, do you have anything else you want to add about negotiation? Will, do you have any questions? Okay. Okay. Will Will got all his questions answered. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh. One thing I want to mention about negotiation and time of year. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people who, when they get hired, get told like, "Hey, you're going to make this much, but after 90 days or a year, you'll automatically get a raise to this amount." And then they don't get the raise, and they're aware of it, but they don't say anything because they believe the system will just take care of them. Um, your boss might have forgotten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ask. <laughs> It's not yeah, even negotiation. Yeah. Just literally, like, I, I know people who fester mad because their raises that they're supposed to, like, automatically get don't show up on their pay stub and never say anything about it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, you definitely should say something. And make sure, you know, when you get that offer that it's all in writing so you can take that email or contract or whatever it is to your boss whenever you're making that case. Yep. I'm a big fan of like, if it's a 90 day end thing, put a reminder on your calendar for yourself. You don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, if it's like you were supposed to get a $5 an hour raise after your provisional period or something, you are wasting thousands of dollars if you don't make sure you get that in your, um, and, and you can say, you don't have to be confrontational about it. You can be like, mm-hmm. Hey, I just passed my 90 day period. I'd love to know more about like how you think I'm doing, um, you know, where you think I could improve what you think I'm doing well at. And um, also, I think I'm out of the provisional period. So I'd, you know, love to see what I can do about getting that $5 raise that we talked about when I got hired. So it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be angry. Some people think negotiation yeah. is about being angry. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> all right. So Alicia, I love to ask every, every listener this, but what is one of the worst and one of the best financial decisions you've ever made? That's a good question. Um, I would say the worst is um, going on a vacation that I really didn't have the money for um, and then coming back to New York from the vacation, panicking when I saw my bank account and uh, just vowing to live on rice and beans until I got paid next, which was really scary. Um, Obviously, since starting she spends and like, having a little better control of money, I can plan for it and budget for it rather than going on a whim. Um, in terms of best decisions, I would say um, it's actually starting to invest some of my money. Um, it was a little scary at first, um, but I'm really excited to sort of watch it grow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about salary negotiation. It's so important. If people want to yes. catch up with She Spends and subscribe, um, and I heard maybe even you're starting to do some in-person events. Where can they find you and find out more? Sure. Um, so our website is shespends.org. We're on Twitter, Instagram. We have a bump in Facebook group that we'd love people to join. Um, we're starting to do events mostly on the East Coast. Um, we have one in New York in January and uh, one in D.C. in February. Um, and stay tuned for more, obviously. Um Yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much for having me on. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And I look forward to reading more of She Spends next time it hits my inbox.
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.